We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Life has always been somewhat difficult for me, period. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like a person that was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, we grew up pretty poor. You know what I mean? Did not have a lot of money, did not have a lot of options. And it's always been a um, a thing about like survival. And I've, as a young person growing up, I felt the weight of struggle. You know what I mean? So when I get an opportunity to come in Hollywood and to pursue my dream, I'm not meditating on the struggle because I'm black. You know what I mean? I come from struggle. This is life as far as I'm concerned. And just because sometimes we may have obstacles, it doesn't mean I'm going to quit. And it doesn't mean I'm going to stop. And it doesn't mean I'm going to become a victim to the circumstances of life that have been placed around me. If anything, it's going to make me fight harder. It's going to make me empower more people to be confident, to have faith, you know, to be inspired and encouraged about the reason they believe God placed them in this world. We're Black. And we ain't going to change. And guess what? It's the reason why I'm courageous. Tasha Smith is a veteran actor who's been in a million things. You may remember her as Cookie's sister on Empire. She came up on the street and she still has that fire and that energy inside her from those people who took care of her when she was young. Now, after all these years, she's acting and directing and teaching acting and her thoughts on the craft, really fascinating, really interesting to listen to her talk about how to act. For more of this episode, you're going to go to patreon.com slash show. Support us over there. You'll get this full episode plus our Friday Patreon exclusives. For now, let's go. It's Tasha Smith on Toray Show. We mainly know you as an actor. What do you love about acting? Why do you act? <laughs> Why do I act? Um, I, just, I feel like one is like, it's uh, 
part of what I'm supposed to do and my contribution to the world, you know, of storytelling as a black woman. And it was it was always a dream for me as, as long as I could remember of wanting to do that and wanting to utilize my instrument to tell stories. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, then I pursued that when I was about when I was I, I was when I was 18, I moved to California, like to really pursue the dream. But even prior to that, I tried to get opportunities to do that. It was just this burning dream and desire in my soul. You know, I thought it was part of my purpose. I thought it was just part, again, of of my contribution to cre- creative storytelling, you know, and I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I wish I had this like dynamic reason, <laughs> but it's part of, I guess, my makeup and the God-given passion and desire that I had in my heart, you know, from from as long as I could remember. Well, yeah, you make it sound like this was always the dream and the only dream. Is that is that the way it is? Yeah, it was always the dream. And, you know, my grandfather, he was an actor. He um, he wasn't like a a famous actor. He was a um, he did a lot of like like extra work and he did like stand in work. And even though my granddad was like like playing an extra on a show called Taxi, Mm -hmm. just walking past the camera as a little girl in Camden, New Jersey. And I would see that and I'm like, wow granddad's on TV. You know what I mean? And it was like, I could do that. And so I spent like my youth begging my twin sister to, to do scenes with me. You know what I mean? Like we would improv scenes and I would be like, Sidra, you're Donna Ross or I'm Donna Ross and you're Shaka Khan or, you know, I'm such and such and you're such, and let's like act out this moment. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, it was just, yeah, I remember Taxi. I mean, it was a little over my head, but it was one of the big shows of its time. Um, that's where Danny DeVito got his start, right? Yes. And yes. It, it, I mean, in the 70s, it, it may be hard to realize this, in the 70s, being on television, even for a moment, was rare. Now, yeah. everybody can get on television, even for a moment, for a reality show, something. But so that to see, I could see how like the see you know, your grandfather on there for a second would like break something like, oh, real people can get on there. It's not just people far away. Um, So that's really, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, Can you talk about the first time that you did it and you felt it like, oh, this is for me? (laughs) Because it wasn't the first time I did it. I I remember uh, trying to audition for something at a theater company in Philadelphia called the Freedom Theater, and I sucked and I was traumatized. And I, you know, I had some drug dealer friends help run lines with me. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I like ran um, to Philly, got to Philly and I went in there for my audition and when I saw all those people, I just froze. You know, I, I froze. I was like, I was so afraid and I felt so insecure and indecisive about about what I wanted to communicate. You know what I mean? And it was a very like traumatizing experience for me. Um, 
But when I did it and I felt like this is for me, I would probably say it was when I worked with uh, Robert Townsend on a show called Townsend Television. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but before I got like my big job on NBC with a show called Boston Common, I had gotten a job with with a Robert Townsend on this variety show he was doing called Townsend Television. And he wrote this this part about a young mom with two kids and it was called Mama Tasha and Me. And, and, you know, the little girl had my name. And I remember Eileen Knight at the time was the casting director. And I remember auditioning and Robert, he understood um, how to pull out the emotional energy that I had, you know, that I would hide because I started off doing stand-up comedy, but I would kind of put the comedy was my persona in a sense, you know what I mean? Like it was what I showed you as a replacement of letting you see my pain. But, but Robert, he knew how to help me to be comfortable with showing you my pain. And so that was a great experience that I had. And I think that that, that not think, but that experience actually encouraged me for the next opportunities to come. So let's talk about that. How did you learn how to put aside the face, the mask, and to show the real pain and to be comfortable with letting that out? Well, Robert's direction helped me with that at the time. And then when I had gotten, I had gotten a show called Boston Common, and then I started getting all these auditions and I was very afraid about of that, you know, working with other directors and people. And I found my mentor and acting teacher named Ivana Chubbick. That was the place that I really learned how to do that. And that's also what helped spawn my acting school, which is TESOL. Because through working with Ivana and the technique that she taught, um, it, it had shown me how to be okay with my pain, how to be okay with my past, how to utilize that as um, an opportunity of empathy and compassion for the stories that I would in the future get an opportunity to share and to tell through my instrument, you know? And it was very liberating for me. It was almost like, like I called it like my church. It was like my place of deliverance. It was like the place where I could come and like lay all my crap on the table, you know? And once I learned that and I honed that, I wanted to be able to give that to other young black girls and boys that may have needed those tools in order to create a career, a legacy, you know, um, uh, a way to provide for their family and their, their life, you know, so it just, it really changed my life. And even to this day in my acting school, I have a big sign up that says, this is the church of acting wow. because I'm like, this is where we worship. This is where we lay our shit on the table. This is where we have freedom and liberation to be ourselves and the freedom to be able to create out of ourselves, you know, and and now I'm here talking to you. <laughs> um, well, I want to hear more about that and, and what you teach people and what you believe 
goes into being a good actress, right? And a good actor. And I don't even mean to genderize that because it's the same for both. But like, what does it mean to be good at this? Well, you know what? I feel like we're we're always learning. You know what I mean? I Like, I don't, you know, I believe we're good, but I feel like we're always growing to be better as, as, uh, as, as artists, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know, like I've, I don't feel I have, you know, reached that place of like, great. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I believe I'm good, you know, but I still, I feel like, although I'm, I'm a, I'm an actor that's working, I'm a teacher, but I'm also, I feel like a student because I'm always in a position to learn and grow, you know, whether it's through the collaboration between me and an amazing teacher or the collaboration between you and your director, your fellow actors, you learn from everyone that you you get to encounter in that creative space. You know what I mean? Your scene partner in the scene teaches you. But you, you, you already know a lot. You've been working a long time. You teach. So what do you, what, what is, I know you're still learning, but of what you know now, what is it to be a good actor? It's about, I mean, one, of course, we know about telling the truth, right? And I feel like as long as we're striving for that, like every actor has their process, right? In creating a character and developing a character and breaking down a scene. And there are different belief systems when it comes to acting, right? You have some that believe in a lot of personalization and some that believe in just in creating like, you know, biographies and backstories and some that believe in a little bit of everything. And it's about having the right tool to build whatever it is you want to build. And I kind of come from that place. You know what I mean? It's like you have a toolbox. Like if I want to hang up this painting, I have a toolbox that can help me hang up that painting. If I want to build a house, I have the tools that I need to build a house. And I feel like all of us have the potential to be good based on our passion. You follow me? So I don't know that there's one word to define what being good is, but I feel like Part of the journey of becoming good is being fearless, is being transparent, is being open, um, being available, being willing to learn, being humble, you know, um, and, and being willing to use every part of your being physically, intellectually, emotionally, you know, spiritually, sexually, all of it to be able to tell a story. Who's if great? that answers your question. Yeah, heck yeah. Who's who's great? Who do you point to? Who do you look to as saying, okay, that person is doing it at an extremely high level and I can learn, you can learn more from watching them? You know, um, I was watching Denzel and something. I was looking at him in American Gangster, right? And... I was um, watching it with a couple of friends and I said, look at him. I said, he is internally driven all the time. Like when you think about the roles that he's played in Training Day, American Gangster, Glory, you know, Malcolm X, like everything that we've seen him do, there's always this deep internal drive and need. You know, he doesn't stop for nothing. Like he puts all of what it is that his 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 character 
has to gain on the table. You know what I mean? And and his stakes are always high. I enjoy watching him because of that. I enjoy watching, you know, Denzel Pacino and De Niro and, you know, Viola Davis and Angela Bassett and, you know, Marianne Jean-Baptiste and, you know, Kimberly Elise and, you know, Taraji. And, you know, there are so many... Um, actors out there that I'm deeply inspired by. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. I want to talk about Taraji, because I had her on this show about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And it was extraordinary to talk to her about this work. And one of the things she talked about was having empathy for the character. And you may be playing a villain or somebody the audience thinks of as a villain, 
And you have to understand them. You have to bring the sort of humanity to them. And you've done so many scenes with her on Empire. I think it'd be just interesting to hear you talk about working with her because she's extremely intense in her process. But like Cookie's kind of a villain sometimes, but you root for her and you love her. And I mean, Taraji will just take over the scene. So I wonder like, you know, how you deal with that, that she might just, you know, do something that just dominates the whole scene. So just how do you talk about working with her? You know, she lives, she lives, you know, she lives in the moment. And that's what's so beautiful about working with her is that she is available in every, every part of her being, you know, um, you get to live the life with her, you know, in the scene. And that's what's really special. It's not like it's um, premeditated, you know, acted out experience. No, she's living in the character. And the empathy is true. It's like what I said to you earlier in the conversation about empathy. You know, when you understand especially based on your own personal experiences in life. And, you know, you become much more empathetic to people and to their humanity. And it isn't about us judging at all, ever, the character. It's about us understanding why. Why? Why is always the question. You know, I mean, with with an actor like you and so many others, I can see the work and the character on you before you even talk. And I remember the first time I saw you on Empire and it was like, oh yes, I completely believe that that's her sister before she even opens her mouth. Like I, like you, you had this weight on you of like, we've had this, these years and years of experiences together, ups and downs together before you were even talking. And I'm kind of like, how do you do that? The work starts before you get to set. The process starts before you get to set. You know what I mean? You don't, I I don't, anyway, like it's not about just showing up to set and finding it. I feel like there is a process of preparation, you know, and discovery and history and information that's going to serve you once you get to work, once you get on set. You know, like like I teach the 12 steps of of based on a book called The Power of the Actor. Right. Which is my mentor's book, which is what we teach at my school. And it's all about you understanding the blueprint and the foundation, you know, the internal foundation of your character so that once you get to set you're living in the character. You're not finding him or her, but you're actually living in it. What are some of the other things you talk about the 12 steps? What are some of the other things that you, that you do? Well, you understand what your character's overall objective is, what your character's scene objective is, what are the things in the way of you accomplishing what your objective is. You know, if you like to personalize, what's your substitution or your personalization for what 
is going to give you a emotional reference to that need, you know, looking at beats and actions in a scene. And then you can create like a backstory, a history, sense memory. Like if you, let's say if you have a character that has like, um, a scar or something like, let's say we're dealing with a person that may have been cut or hit or broke a leg or an arm. Then we find the emotional connection to that, to that bruise or to that scar. You know what I mean? If you're dealing with a character that's dealing with addiction to drugs, you figure out what drug or what uh, spirit and why they pick that, you know, as a source, you know what I mean, of um, of uh, an outlet uh, to get away from their pain. So everything is just, it's like being an investigator in a sense. And the work's never done, I say, until the director says, check the gate. It's never done. <laughs> you talk about living in the character and in the moment. So then are you a method actor? Do you Do you keep it going when you're... When, you know, when you're not shooting? I try not to, but I guess a little bit of method is in there. Um, And sometimes people might not understand that process, but the instrument is extremely sensitive. You know what I mean? It's like when you're creating something to be on that, in front of that camera, you want to protect it. Right. So, you know, I for myself and for the actors that I teach and train, you know, I do preach protecting your instrument in your space and trying to stay in the life of the character until it's over. You know, so if I'm done working today, but I got to go back and work tomorrow, I may not have let go of the internal choices and issues. And not that I'm trying to make them like live on me, but they're there. And according to what the character is, sometimes it's a process to, to letting it go and releasing everything that you've prepared. Um, can you talk about some of the ways that um, being black in the industry makes life a little bit harder? You know what? It's funny how when people, not that that doesn't exist, you know, not that it's not um, something that is is present, but it's not something that I I choose to meditate on. You know, first of all, life has always been somewhat difficult for me, period. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like a person that was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, we grew up robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, um, pretty poor. You know what I mean? Did not have a lot of money, did not have a lot of um, options, you know? And it's always been a... Um, a thing about like survival. And I've, as a young person growing up, I felt the weight of struggle. You know what I mean? So when I get an opportunity to come in Hollywood and to pursue my dream, I'm not meditating on the struggle because I'm black. You know what I mean? I come from struggle. This is life as far as I'm concerned. And just because sometimes we may have obstacles, it doesn't mean I'm going to quit and it doesn't mean I'm going to stop. And it doesn't mean I'm going to become a victim to the circumstances of life 
that have been placed around me. If anything, it's going to make me fight harder. It's going to make me empower more people to be confident, to have faith, you know, to be inspired and encouraged about the reason they believe God placed them in this world. We're black and we ain't going to change. And guess what? Part of that for me is something to be proud of. And there's a power in every experience that I've gone through. So I'm not sitting home crying saying, oh, I'm black and it's hard. No, no, no. A matter of fact, it's the reason why I'm courageous. It's the reason why I'm fearless. It's the reason why I can motivate other black actors to pursue their passion and pursue their purpose and to get the tools to have a legacy in life for themselves and for their families. Guess what? I'm a black girl from Camden, New Jersey, dropped out of school in the ninth grade at 14 years old, never got a high school diploma, was on drugs by the time I was 18, 14, 15, actually. And that didn't stop me from sitting here talking to you. You follow me? That did not get in the way of me sitting here being able to. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low-sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it, and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamine a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi Secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from Tinderfoot TV Campside Media and iHeart Podcasts Radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you about what I'm doing in this industry. I believe it works for me, actually. Every experience, being that young Black girl, poor growing up in Camden, is what gave me the resilience, the tenacity, the faith. Nobody gave me shit. I worked for it, had faith in God while I was working. Why'd you drop out of school? 
because we needed to make money. I got tired of being evicted. I wanted to work. I, I started working at a uh, bartending at a strip club, you know, hanging out with drug dealers. Okay. <laughs> Trying to get some money. Okay. It was about survival. You know, um, at the time it was just like, um, I didn't really have a lot of hope, honestly. And it was about living for now. What do I need to do right now to survive? Um, you talk about, you mentioned your addiction journey. What were you doing? Cocaine, marijuana, a lot of cigarettes, a lot of alcohol. When did you get out of that? And how did you get out of that about being addicted to cocaine and some of the other things? When I was 25 years old, <laughs> I had an awakening. It was like, it was like either I'm going to live or my ass is going to die. Okay. <laughs> I needed a little help from Jesus, some friends. Okay. <laughs> and I needed to flush that cocaine down the toilet. And basically it was just, it was me deciding to create a different future in life for myself. Well, you talked about this before. This is a critical moment in your life because, right, this is where you go from atheism to believing in God. Yes. And I was never all the way atheist, but I was like, I don't know if God exists. And I had some moments in my life where I was like, there must be a God. There must be a higher power. Um, and I'm curious how you went from feeling like an atheist to feeling like, oh, yeah, there must be a God. There were some moments that happened, and I don't even really want to get into it, but there were some moments in my life that happened at the time where I, I had one of those, if you're real God moments, if you real, you know, then show me this. I had one of those moments that was like a little bit of the light that was at the end of this dark tunnel you know what I mean? That I felt I was in and, and it opened up my eyes some, you know what I mean? And then I kind of went on that journey from there. God showed and, you enough that you were like, okay, I believe in you. I, it was a process though. It was a process. And I still believe like, I'm like, God has, Definitely, you know, some people say they're higher power. You know what I mean? I say it's God, honestly. I mean, I believe that there is a God and there is, you know, a strength that you get on the inside of your soul. You know, I believe faith exists inside of us, you know, and I prefer to live like that. Like, it doesn't matter if there's someone else that says to me, well, I don't believe that. Well, that's okay. If you don't, it's fine. But for me, it's giving me a lot more peace, okay, <laughs> to believe, okay, than not to believe. So I'm happy and I'm content, you know, and less frazzled, you know what I mean? Like having that inside of my heart. So, okay, you're you're going through all this stuff as a teenager, right? Trying to survive, trying to help the family. You know, your drug dealer friends are doing whatever they're doing. You're doing, you know, you're going through your addiction journey. And was it at 18 or 17 or 18, you decide I'm going to California to become an actress. Is that right? Yeah. How yeah. did you make that decision? 
How did you, I'm curious how you even made that happen, given that there's so much turmoil going on in your life at that time. Well, I was, I always had the dream, right? And that's why I always say that our dreams are not figments of our imagination. But I really do believe it's God showing us a glimpse of our future. Like, where did the dream come from? Where did the thought come from? Where did the idea come from? Where did the passion, the internal fire that's inside of your soul come from? And I feel like we have that as an initial seed. And then as we live life, we encounter people that water that a little bit. You know what I mean? And for me at the time, you know, I met Alan. I knew Alan Payne when I was growing up. He started dating Tisha Campbell um, at the time. And I met her when she came to uh, Camden, New Jersey. And that was like, wow, you know, I met someone that's doing this. And I remember sending, you know, um, letters to her and she, you know, her and I just becoming really good friends and her mom and her saying, if you ever decide to come to California, give us a call. And so that was like a reach for me. You know what I mean? It took some time before I really embraced that friendship because of my own insecurities and fears. But, um, but that was part of it. Like you have many, um, people that come across your path that are, are pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing you talk about, and I see in your in your in your resume, black people in the business helping you, looking out for you, giving you jobs. I mean, so much of your career is, you know, Tyler Perry hiring you, Robert Townsend hiring you, Lee Daniels hiring you. Um, you talk about, you know, Alan and Tisha looking out for you and others, and it's it's interesting to see the black network giving you uh giving you your help giving you your flowers giving you your your chance not just black but there were two producers named um Max Munchnick and David Cohan that was producing a TV show called Boston Common and they definitely were a big help to me on that show you know they they really, they wrote it for me because they had seen me in a comedy club. You know what I mean? But as far as the other Black actors and, and directors, that was my environment. You know what I mean? That was my world. And thank God that there were people that cared enough to extend a helping hand. You know what I mean? And that's why my school is so important, because at the end of the day, we're not islands unto ourselves. We do need the help, but we do have to work hard Mm -hmm. in order to be prepared when the help comes and when the opportunity comes. I mean, Hollywood is partly a meritocracy, right? You have to be a good actor and you have to be known to the audience. You have to be good looking to a certain extent but it's partly not a meritocracy, right? And some people, you know, the best actors are not necessarily the most famous. Um, So how do you move up? How do you get to town, get the first job, get the second job, keep going, keep growing? Like, how how do you move up through the system? There is a scripture that says not to grow weary while doing good. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. 
To me, the key is to not quit. Thanks so much to Tasha for a great interview. And thanks to you for listening. And thanks to our super producers, Britt, Marcus Harkis, Noel Sam Montes, Jason Reynolds, Gerville Calais, Michelle, Brenda Cox, Kathy F., and Kina Murphy. For more from me and Tasha, join us over at patreon.com slash Show. Toray Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Toray and on Instagram at Toray Show and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Show. And check out my newsletter, Black Minds Matter. Go to blackmindsmatter.substack.com. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhull. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Chanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we'll be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.